Once upon a time. Welcome to a new episode of Discover Oral Teaching. In this last episode, we will look at symbols, rituals, and modern parables. The Catholic Church offers quite a rich tradition on symbols and rituals. The Reformation threw much of it out, and in the Reformed and Free Churches, we often only find the Lord's Supper and the Baptism as rituals which are still used and celebrated. Looking at the list of ways an oral learner likes to learn and how he or she remembers information, symbols and rituals and also parables are of great importance. And therefore I think we should pay some attention to it and look for ways to rediscover symbols and rituals for our modern faith lives. I can't really teach you some easy principles on how to find symbols, rituals and parables in your own life, but I want to share several examples and I hope that these will give you an idea on how to think or what to look for and that these examples will inspire you to be open to discover some for yourself. Of course, some common Christian symbols are the fish, the cross and also candles are very much enjoyed. But sometimes these are almost overused. A symbol isn't generally just a normal object. And in itself, it has a certain meaning or purpose. But when we put a new meaning into it, this object becomes a symbol. A friend of mine, for example, once heard a sermon on the story of a lost son and the meaning of the ring which the father gave the son on his return. It says a lot about the identity and the trust and the future. And my friend was deeply moved by that message. And so she went and bought a ring which should remind her on her identity as a child of God, wherever she wore it. So the same with me. During a time when I found it very hard to think optimistic about the future, I got the message to wait expectantly. A thought that can slip easily away and therefore I connected that thought with an object and that object was a rose. So I bought a rose and whenever I saw that flower I was reminded to wait with expectations. Of course if I had a rose on my table all the time it would wear off. Therefore I only buy a rose when I really need to change my thinking regarding the future and need a reminder about it. So the rose became a symbol for me. So a symbol is an object that gets a new meaning. A ritual is an action connected with a new meaning and which we can do repetitively. I also will give some examples. One is maybe well known. It is that you get a stone and you write down on the stone things you have done wrong, things you are sorry for. And then you throw that stone into a river or into a sea or a lake or into the water because God promised that our sins are far away from him as the deepest sea. And so with that we can say it is gone away, we are really sorry for it and we are forgiven. Some people also write it on a piece of paper and nail it onto a cross or some people burn these papers. It has the same meaning. It's the same action, and if you do that regularly, it is a deep ritual. 
in the Old Testament, people often built altars to remember important moments. And I built an altar and I had quite a lot of things on my heart and they were like a burden on my shoulders and prayer requests. And so I looked in the forest for different sizes of wood. And if a prayer request and a burden was really heavy, I would choose a very big and heavy piece of wood and I would really drag it to the altar and put it there and would say, God, take it. I don't want to take it on again. You have to deal with it. And I had several pieces of wood. And when I was tempted to again struggle and carry that for myself, I remembered that I physically had carried that piece of wood to the altar and told God he should deal with it. It's not my responsibility anymore. So also that was symbolic action. Then something that might also be well known is prayer walks or prayer stations. Sometimes you have that with prayer days, but you can also create a personal prayer walk for yourself, maybe even in the area where you live, where you go regularly anyway. I did that. I live close to the wood and I went to the woods and I said, God, I want to find places where I really can worship you and where I can pray meaningfully. And it's very interesting that I found four different spots. The trees had shapes that reminded me of some spiritual truth. And these are now my prayer stations. Also, we can have normal daily actions, which we can give a new meaning. For example, while you're cooking and you put salt into the food, you can remember that we are called to be the salt of the world. So while you put the salt into the food, you can pray to become what God has called you to be, the salt of the world, the salt into your family, into your neighborhood, or maybe that your speech becomes more salty, whatever you want to be more salty. So you can connect a daily activity like cooking and putting salt into the food with a spiritual meaning. The same, an example from the Middle East, in the Middle East, people often light incense. It's very common. And sometimes when you have believers in the Middle East, you can encourage them to pray while they light these incense that they might become a good flavor to their family, that God can fill this room like the incense does. So the action they do is not offensive. It's very normal. It's very acceptable. But the meaning they put to it can become very spiritual and can become a spiritual ritual which encourages the believer in their daily life and reminds them of what they are called to be or also what they are called to do. Okay, the last thing is the parables, modern parables. Before I give you some examples, I want to explain what is the goal and the purpose of a parable. It's usually to make the listeners to think. The thing is that parables have three different levels. If you tell somebody what they have to understand, you say it right away and they know what they have to understand, they didn't have to discover truth. But with a parable, you have to discover truth because a parable has different levels. And the first level is the image. So the mere content of what it is told. For example, the ground and the seeds and the farmer who is throwing the seeds on the ground. The second level is a spiritual truth that is built into that picture. 
and you have to discover what the spiritual truth is. And the third level is the relevance. So what does it mean for the listener's life? So this is the effect a parable has. And I, for example, have done a modern parable about Mongolian archery and the life as a Christian. There were a lot of parables, the way how you stand, how you pull the string, how the arrows flow, had a lot to do with Christian life. Henry Nouns, maybe you know him, he wrote about circuit acrobats and the one who is doing all these saltos and turns and flips in the air and then the other one who has to catch him. And this catching and being caught has also a lot of parables to our life in our relationship with God. In Germany, there is a man, he builds violins, that is his profession, and he has written books about the parables of the wood and violins and the sounds, how they are produced and how you make them and how you shape a violin and compared it with the life as a Christian characters of God. It's a very interesting book. So in order to find these parables, you need to look at aspects of your life which you know well, so where you're kind of an expert. Maybe you like to work in the garden and you know a lot about garden or you maybe know a lot of cooking or the weather or maybe some animals or some sports. Some areas in your life that you are quite familiar with and you have a deeper understanding and then maybe find parables to the Christian life. And so the first level would be your sport or the gardening or your cooking. The second level would be the spiritual meaning in it. And the third level is then when this meaning has relevance for our life. And it is not explained explicitly, but people have to think about it and discover the truth for themselves. And by discovering it by themselves, they will remember it much longer. And all learners love that. They love to think about stories and pictures and discover the meaning for themselves. With that, we have come not only to the end of this episode, but actually to the end of the whole podcast. And I do hope with all my heart that you did discover the power and the possibilities of oral teaching and that you want to practice and use some of the methods I have shared. And if you like the podcast, please recommend it to others if you feel you like the content but maybe you need some help with exercises and feedback then feel free to attend one of my orality courses anyway may you be bold and courageous in teaching people with oral means and may you win their hearts for christ i wish you all the best and god's blessing (music) 